Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What is happening, gang? We are back with a new episode of the Inside Football Podcast with Bill Poling. In today's episode, we dive deep into the NFC after 14 weeks. We're going to figure out who the contenders are, the pretenders, and the also-rans. I think it's going to surprise you who Bill thinks could jump from the pretender category into the contender category, and are teams like Arizona susceptible to a first-round loss in the playoffs. But before we dive into today's show, I want to take a minute and talk about one of our favorite sponsors on the pod, Bet Online. We're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the rest of the NBA season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all your basketball and football action this season. So head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE50 to receive your 50% off bonus on your first deposit. From basketball to football to NHL to boxing and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. And remember to use the code believe b-l-e-a-v 50 to receive your bonus today all right guys this is the nfc after 14 weeks it's a good one i think there's some surprises in it let's dive in All right, gang, we are live on the Inside Football Podcast with Bill Polian, and we are jacked not just because it's the holiday season and not just because the playoffs are upon us, but we're going to do our deep dive into the NFC after 14 weeks as we have this four-week sprint to the finish. How are we doing today, fellas? Good, thank you, and, and excited to talk about this because as we uh, look about this, uh, look at this playoff race, um, the numbers tell us some very, very, very interesting stories. Yeah, I think it's great. I mean, I think there's a lot of people out there uh, talking about what a bizarre season this is and a weird season this is. But uh, I, I know that uh, my, my own conversations with Bill and what he's going to tell us is numbers don't lie and it all it all comes together. It all makes sense. And he's going to explain it. Uh, yeah. For, first of all, let's talk about COVID because it is upon us in, in not only around the world and in the United States, but in the National Football League, National Hockey League, NBA. Um, in many ways, we're back where we were a year ago with respect to professional sports. Now, I don't think there'll be any lockdowns. I think they'll still have fans in the stands, et cetera. But with respect to the teams on the field, um, all of these these numbers that I'm going to give you are are come from a relatively stable player personnel base. You know, you have your injuries as you do in every every sport, but you haven't had mass exoduses 
such as you will face this weekend with the Cleveland Browns and the, and the Washington football team, for example, 18 guys on the list. Nobody knows who's going to play, who's going to play our practice squad guys. So um, all of these numbers will likely be skewed this week because uh, to some degree or another, because of people who you don't know and never heard of playing in national football league uniforms. Now, one thing is for certain, Roger Goodell and the NFL is going to try and pull through without cancellations and without postponements if they possibly can. If there's any way to do that, they're going to do it, regardless of who's out on the field. Um, and Roger said that yesterday at the conclusion of his press conference at the owners' winter meetings. Now, it may get bad enough to where the medical department steps in and says, no, we have to postpone or we have to cancel. Cancellation is the last, absolute last resort. And unfortunately, there is no week 18. So, Bill, in that, in, in that case, I guess they'd be falling back onto what they said at the beginning, that if, if the, the, um, the spreading event were internal uh, and it spread like that, then it's a forfeit for a team that can't field. No, I don't think you'd go anywhere near that. Omicron is a random event. So what do you do then if, you, if, you don't, if there's no extra week? It changes the team's win-loss win percentage. So you with less games? Yeah. So Omicron changes personal responsibility. Yes, absolutely. Oh, yeah. I mean. Okay. All right. Scott, you know more about this than either of us. Go uh, ahead. Well, Scott, I know. I was just going to say, but I mean, you know, if you if you did foolish behavior, you know, expose your teammates. I mean, obviously, we're not going to get into specifics, but I mean, like, look at the situation in Washington. Let's say it was a tier three employee who does have the Omicron variant, and that is the the inciting incident of the spread. That that's a vaccinated individual. How do you right, then hold no. the football team accountable? I mean, you are certainly going to have the, these weird kind of kind of vague situations where you have certain players who are unvaccinated who may or may not have gotten the virus. Regardless, it, we're we're into way way left of center of what I think the league instituted at the beginning of the season. Okay, I was assuming unvaccinated. You know, from the beginning, it was unvaccinated people. It wasn't breaking. Yeah, I, I I think culpability is probably at the at the bottom of the list. Okay, with this going forward. Yeah, because, I mean, like on the football team, I think the, the, the reporting is 16 of the 18 players who've tested positive are vaccinated. I'm lawyering this going back to the original intent, but. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think even yesterday at the at the meeting, Commissioner Goodell was backing off of that. I mean, I think they're just going to have to figure out some way to navigate these next four weeks. I mean, Bill, do you think there's a scenario where we're going to go back into the bubble for teams? Uh, it's possible during during uh, uh, the playoffs. Yeah, it's possible. Dr. Sills was not in favor of it last year. I don't know what his feelings on it this year are. But what's clear to me is that, and Roger's remarks yesterday underscored it, 16 players on the practice squad, uh, virtual uh, ability, untethered ability to bring people up and down. And if they have to, if they have to modify the injured reserve rules uh, going forward for the rest of the season, they'll do it. Meaning, you can bring anybody you want off injured reserve, uh, regardless of designation. Um, that that's another way to deal with it. So that's going to give you between 16 practice squad players 
and probably an average of five or so on injured reserve, you're, you're, you're over 20 players outside the 53 that you can, that you can tap at any given time. So that's, that's what they're going to try and do. In addition, in addition, um, it's possible, and, and there are talks going on with the NFLPA as we speak, it's possible if the, if the medical people feel good about it, that you may, with a vaccinated player, fully vaccinated, meaning all, probably all three shots, if he tests positive but is asymptomatic, they may bring him back with only one positive test instead of two. That's a theory. Um, but that's in Dr. Sills' uh, bailiwick, and, and I'm not going to play in that yard because I'm not qualified. But I, that's a theory that I've heard. But to quote Roger yesterday, to put, put some flesh on the, what Roger said yesterday, there's probably close to 20 players on every team who, if you slightly liberalize the injured reserve rules, you could bring back anywhere from one to 20 players in a given week. So they're going to try and bull through no matter what. Now, whatever changes may be coming, and Roger pointed out that there may be some, including what you talked about, Rick, which is a potential bubble, they will not occur this week because you got a game tonight. So you can't play that game under one set of rules and then 15, 14 other games, 15 other games under another set of rules. So the likelihood is that we are where we are this week and then they will be working night, noon, and morning uh, to to get to a situation led by Dr. Sills that will uh, probably create a new set of protocols beginning next week. So with that caveat, we don't know who's playing right. <laughs> for a given team on a given week. Let's live in the pretend world that all is right and we're just going <laughs> to enjoy some football. There you go. Yeah. 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 Okay. Nobody playing, nobody watching. Everybody's playing. Everybody okay. It's going to be the best four weeks we've ever had. Uh, okay. Let's look at the teams first that are pretty much pretty much in the playoffs in the NFC. The first would be Green Bay. Their record is 10 and 3. Their plus minus is plus 12. Their points for are 328. Their points against are 272, and their differential is 56. Now, what does this tell you? They're playing really good defense as opposed to what they did a year ago. And a year ago, with a healthy Aaron Rodgers, he's not healthy now. He's got a broken toe. They made it to the championship game. So this improved defense, coupled with the fact that they may be home on the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field, in late January, you know, if I'm a Green Bay fan, I'm pretty positive about this. And they're loading the boat. You got guys, you know, not non-COVID related, but injury-wise, Big Z should be back. Some of these guys should be back for the run. Yes, that's correct. They'll be getting healthier, hopefully, as time goes by. So they're sitting in pretty good shape. Um, Next is Tampa Bay, who Bruce Aarons pointed out to me last night on our serious radio show that he thinks they're a little less susceptible to COVID teams up north because they meet out outside, they practice outside, they eat outside, and it's 80 degrees in Tampa. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Theoretically, the virus 
doesn't like 80 degrees. So maybe he'll be right. We'll see. Uh, but they're 10 and three. They're plus nine on plus or minus. They're four ten points four, two ninety seven points against, a differential of one thirteen. But as you can tell, they're scoring with Brady and Gronk and company at a at at the highest level in the conference. That's usually not an indicator of a team that that is is a is a heavy favorite, and the reason being that you don't win the Super Bowl and you don't advance in the playoffs on the strength of offense, mainly because the opposition is better. So, in fact, a lot better than you played during the regular season. So, but but the, 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 the 297 on defense and the plus nine in the giveaway takeaway is a pretty good number. And, of course, as we know, they won based on defense last year, so they're capable of doing it. The next is Arizona. Hey, hey, Bill, real quick with them. The emergence of Fournette with that defense, they could play really differently in the playoffs if they wanted to kind of shut it down, play tight games. Uh, I, some, In some ways, do you think they're even more formidable this year headed into the playoffs than they were last year? Well, I, you know, Fournette, Fournette came to life in the playoffs last year. Yeah, and the dash for cash, but it seems like we're, we're running for cash all year. Play, playoff Lenny. Playoff Lenny. They're, they're the same team, essentially, that won the Super Bowl, and uh, albeit a year older, and, uh, and, and getting healthier in the secondary. They had all their injuries in the secondary in the first part of the year, and they've survived that. Uh, so, uh, you know, th- and, and they survived the Bills last week thanks to a couple of uh, one no call and one, one made call. But that's what happens when you win the Super Bowl, right? Yeah. Uh, you get those calls. So uh, they, they won, uh, you know, a very tight game against a very good team based largely on the fact that they were that they had Lenny and they were able to run the ball. So they're, they're essentially the same team that won the Super Bowl, not the team that went seven and five during the first 12 games of the season. Arizona's next at 10 and three. We're not going to get into tiebreakers now because it's too complicated. And, and it would take us three shows to, to, to talk about it. When we get down to the end, we'll talk about it. You know, week 15, uh, 16, we'll talk about it. Arizona's plus 10, but their their giveaway is not good. They got 10 interceptions. That's not good. Points for 366, points against an amazing 254. So this defense is quietly playing exceptionally well. Their differential is 112. Interestingly, look at this differential. Tampa, 113. Arizona, 112. You think differential means a lot? Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Well, it does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a leading indicator, as the economic economists would say. Dallas is next at 9-4. and four. They're plus or minus. Uh, they're plus 9 in giveaway, takeaway. Um, 380 points. Uh, uh, four, 287 points against, uh, differential 93, but put an asterisk next to that 287. This defense has found its niche. Yes, that would be a yes. Yep, yep, yep. This defense has figured out how Dan Quinn wants him to play. He's figured out what he's playing with. 
They probably had the defensive player of the year in the rookie defensive end from Penn State. And if, if not Aaron Donald, I would say those two guys are in the running for it. And, uh, and this is a team that's dangerous. It's a 93 differential. But if you took that differential over the last four or five games, it, it would be and prorated it, it would be higher than that. Well, and with with Lawrence, Gregory, and Parsons all at the field at the same time, they're not going to be fun to play against offensively in the playoffs. They are not. They absolutely are not. They absolutely are not. Plus, their back end is playing very well. The whole thing is fitting together. So uh, the question is, is Dan Quinn going to be the coordinator next year? Is he going to be a head coach somewhere? <laughs> that's the... That's, that's the question you ask, but that's for another day. And, and then the final group here is the Rams, who are at nine and four. I'm, uh, let me just say as an aside, I think next week we'll get into QBR and you'll see a very similar picture, but we'll see it through the eyes and the performance of the quarterbacks. And But suffice it to say that Jerry's point of view that Dak is in a bit of a slump is in the right church, but the wrong pew. It's, uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's a little, too, it's overstated, but Dak is not playing as well now as he did before the injury. That's, that's sure, a fact. for sure. For sure. So that's something to keep an eye on going forward. The Rams nine and four plus five giveaway, takeaway. Uh, that's not good enough, really, when you look at the people that are above them. 366 points for, 293 points against, probably not as good as you'd like, and certainly not as good as uh, uh, many of the people above them, and a differential of 73, because they do score a lot. Uh, but now with Robert Woods out and OBJ kind of week to week with nagging injuries, what are they going to be? That's an interesting question going forward. Mm-hmm. Has Matthew Stafford and a running game that's not consistent week over week? Well, it's it's, it's okay. It's okay. You know, they they, they 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 found their back, and 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 while he's not he's not overwhelming, he's not he's not terrible either. I mean, he, he's he's pretty good. They can they can run the ball now. The question is, can they protect Matthew Stafford against? Uh, against people who can really rush the passer. That's that's the issue. There's no question that the Matthew Stafford trade and the acquisition of the great rusher from Denver has helped them. I mean, they did the right things. Les Snead did the right things. The only thing you can win is the only one you can win is the one you can win now, and he's doing everything he can to win it. So plaudits for those moves. And and we'll see how they how they bear out. I think that I think the weakness here is still the offensive line. Yeah. And you point out, Scott, the run game is not what it is, what it what it what it should be. Well, and I mean, if you look at future matchups, that offensive line against Dallas would scare the bejesus out of me. That offensive line against Tampa would scare me. And if Green Bay brings everybody back, that's a tight matchup, too. Agreed. Uh, the Stafford thing obviously was an upgrade, but you know, how how often can you find a quarterback all the way up through Tom Brady who, when your offensive line can't protect you and you're really being pressured, can come through? 
So, you know, it, it's an issue to me. Yeah, the offensive line is is the issue. And, and, and you correctly point out, Scott, that, you know, they're going to be up against some formidable rush punts in the yeah. playoffs. The Dallas deal would scare me to death. Having seen it live <laughs> and in living color this week, I would not want to deal with that in the playoffs. No, no. And, and look, anytime you can rush the passer and sack the quarterback, you're in a hot heaven. No, no. No, no, no pun intended. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> You're right. You're not hog heaven. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, the next group, it, 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 this first group that we've talked about, this group of five, if you will, uh, are the contenders. The next group are the platters, the great pretenders. <laughs> That's For right. those that remember. 1960s, 50s, and 60s right. rock if, and roll. If uh, and if smoke and, and exactly, and smoke will get in your eyes. Yeah, if you don't Google it, because it's arguably the greatest rock and roll group of all time. Uh, the the uh, the 49ers are next at seven and six, minus two, giveaway takeaway, three twenty nine points for, uh, three hundred one points against. A differential of 28. That's why they're seven and six. Uh, in the end, the minus two, uh, the 301 is probably going to doom them, even if they get in. They're going to have to play way over their heads, get everybody healthy, and Jimmy G's going to have to have the playoffs of his life to overcome what these numbers are telling you through 13 games. Yeah. So this is this is a team that, you know, some people are saying, well, they may make some noise. I kind of doubt. I kind of doubt the team to borrow a cliche from our friends on television uh, that yell and scream at each other uh, over various channels every week. um, The team that nobody wants to play is Dallas because of that rush run. Right. Right. And, and Tampa Bay because of that rush front. That's the, those are the two teams nobody wants to play. Arizona presents a problem because of Kyler Murray. You got to you got to defense him differently than any other quarterback in the league. But the teams that he's going to play against, as was evident the other night with the Rams, have figured out a way to do that. The Rams actually lucked out. They they in in the last series of the game, they made two crucial. Uh, mistakes in terms of how their rush worked out. They opened up a huge lane. They ran by him. Uh, they did everything wrong, and he did everything wrong. <laughs> right, right. There you go. And they ended up winning the game. He Sadly, he met them halfway. Yeah, more than halfway. <laughs> uh, 49ers, uh, you, you know, Tony Williams is singing. They, they are the great pretenders. That's yeah. Right. The uh, Tony Williams, by the way, was the lead singer of the Platter. Uh, for those that yeah. many of our listeners who have no <laughs> idea what I'm talking about, <laughs> they don't even know what a platter is. <laughs> <laughs> the next, the next group. Th- these are grouped in no particular order because they really are all pretenders. Washington minus seven, plus or minus six and seven record, two sixty six points for, uh, three twenty four points against. Uh, minus 58, it, w- it would take a miracle. 
it would take a miracle. Given the COVID stuff, Ron's doing everything that they can do to be successful. I mean, they're they're right. they're trying really hard with a very right. very weak end. Right, and and regardless of how much you love the quarterback, which I happen to love, I think he's yeah. great for the game. He, he's not taking you into that next group. I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's pretty clear. What they do going forward is another question. Yeah, you don't want to yeah. see him in bad weather in in the Northeast in a playoff game. No, albeit the fact that he did great against Tampa, but yeah, but but you know that's one game, um, and their defense was playing a lot better than it's than it's playing right now. The defense, by the way, at three twenty four, is is that three twenty four number is a bit skewed because they're playing better over the last third of the season here, uh, but but still. Not good enough. Philadelphia six and seven, um, zero giveaway takeaway, um, three thirty-seven points for two ninety-one, which is not bad. I was surprised by that one. Yes, it is. It is a little surprising. Uh, differential of, of of plus forty-six. Yeah, but you're playing against. You're going to play against teams with differentials of plus 56, plus 113, plus 112, plus 93, plus 73. So yeah. this is a team that might sneak in. They're going to have to. Right. Somebody has to, right, Bill? I mean. Somebody has to. Yeah. But it, if you took the name off the team and just looked at the stats, just when we were putting this together, this is the this is the stat matrix that surprised me the most. Because this is a team that on, on paper and on stats, seems better than maybe they are in real life. That's correct. They don't pass the eye test right. because they win a lot of ugly games, but, but, uh, but they, they might sneak in. Yeah. They might, don't forget. Uh, there are going to be two teams from the, uh, from, from the platters category exactly. that, that, uh, that get in. So, you know, this is a team with a real chance to get in based on the numbers and they're surprising. They are. You're right. You're correct. It's surprising. True. And significantly better than all the other platters. Yes, that's correct. Minnesota is six and seven. They're plus five points for 344, which is the best of this group by far. Points against 333. Ooh. <laughs> exactly. Not a Zim defense. Yeah, for a Zim team, this is this is this is this is this is not good. That's why he he has that sour face on him <laughs> most of the time on the sidelines. They're plus eleven differential, but the three thirty three is worrisome because as we go down the next four and then through the playoffs, defense comes to the fore. You win the whole thing with defense. You get here with high flying offense and. And, and spectacular plays and all that other stuff that gets talked about and written about. But defense takes you the rest of the way. Uh, just like in baseball, pitching takes you the rest of the way. In, in football, defense and the quarterback takes you the rest of the way. So even though Minnesota has a scintillating offense and Cousins is really playing the best he's played since he's been in Minnesota – they, they do have a quarterback who, who's playing well and they can score 
And as long as the running back is healthy, they can they can take over games. They can do everything they want. I worry about the defense when it's all said and done. But having said that, two teams are getting in. So stay tuned. This may be – the numbers tell you this is a team that may – um, Atlanta is next, six and seven, amazingly, minus five, which is second only to Washington among this group, 245, which is at the bottom of this group, and 353, which is atrocious, and minus 108 differential. Yeah, it's crazy. Even though I love you, I doubt it. Yeah. I don't think I don't think you're going anywhere. Sorry, Rich McKay. Yeah. <laughs> but you got to give it to Arthur Smith. I think he's done a really nice job this first year with this roster, right? He has. He has. But he has an abysmal defense. And, and, and you know, until that's corrected, uh, they're not going anywhere. Yeah. yeah. Um, New Orleans is next at six and seven. They're plus one. Their defense is really doing a good job. And we'll talk about that in a second. They're 304, which is the lowest of this group. I'm sorry, next to Atlanta, the lowest of this group. But Atlanta and Washington, I'm sorry. But this is really a function of the fact that they don't have a quarterback. So, you know, Sean Payton's trying to do it with with uh, Band-Aids and, and, and scotch tape, and paper clips, and it's not good enough. The defense is good enough at 285. Yeah. So there's a 19 differential. And I would say the numbers tell us that the 49ers have a pretty good chance to get in. The next two teams with a, a, chance, a chance to get in would be Philadelphia and Minnesota to me. Uh, now, everybody plays everybody going down the stretch. So this could all change in a heartbeat based on injuries and illness and what have you, but that's where we stand right now. But two of these teams, two of these pretenders based on the numbers are going to get in the playoffs. And uh, obviously history tells you, history tells you, we did a study at the on the competition committee about uh, 15 years ago that went back over 20 years. And, uh, and we studied the teams that got in, the so-called pretenders, right? The pretenders, in those days, the sixth team, and let me back up and tell you that the reason we did the study was because there was a, there was a, a, a groundswell to put the seventh team in, even then. Let's get seven teams in the playoffs, which was okay. I mean, good thought. So let's do the numbers and find out. And what we found out was that the seventh team, theoretically, who would have gotten in, would have been one and done about 80% of the time. So I think it's probably wise to assume that the same thing will happen here, the wild card, of course, being COVID. But, you know, generally speaking, the more teams in the playoffs, the more chance you have of an upset of one of those top five because the weak sister, if you will, the pretender, if you will, can get, can get healthy, get hot. And the team that's had a great season 
can be injured or simply not have a good day, have a weird occurrence, such as Tony Dungy's son tragically passing away, uh, which happened to us in Indianapolis when we were arguably the best team in the conference. Um, and, and, you know, the world stops. So for the teams that are in that second group, uh, their coaches are telling them, fight to the death, because once you get in, anything can happen. And the more teams that are in, the more chance you have for an upset. You know, and I think it's also fair to say this year, there's obviously no clearly dominant team on both sides of the ball who you can say, I can't see anybody stopping them. Uh, well, that's 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 probably true. That's probably true. But, well, you know, I think Tampa Bay, uh, Arizona to me is a bit of a mirage. They draw San Francisco in the first round of the playoffs. That is an upset special. True. and But I, I will say this about Arizona. Their defense is for real. That, that is not a mirage. Those 254 points are not, not a mirage. Those guys play really good defense. Now they're going to have to be healthy. And, you know, if they get J.J. Watt back, maybe he's a you know, pretty good role player. Um, the, the, the quarterback, to me, is the – I mean, he gets all the headlines, and he's as spectacular as spectacular can be. And he is, without a doubt, the best thrower other than Patrick Mahomes, who has come into this league in recent years. He can make every throw in off every platform and be accurate and on target. His 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 moon ball is every bit as good as Russ. Um, will he become Russ? He's not there now. I guess is my point. Uh, based on his performance the other night, he still has a way to go before he can become a, a really good, you know, a, a quarterback that you would say we can ride you all the way to the all the way to the championship. But he does provide, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm making a case here for Arizona as a dark horse because if you don't know how to defense him, you're in a lot of trouble because here's what he does. Um, and I, I'm taking a page from my, my former colleague, Mike uh, uh, Tannenbaum, who said yesterday about Baker Mayfield, Baker Mayfield's great on bootlegs and rollouts and extending plays outside the pocket. He can't play in the pocket because he's too short. Well, the same is true here, except this guy, Kyler Murray, is, is, is better than Lamar Jackson in space. He can make more people miss in space. He's a magician. And he wants to play on the sideline. I've never seen a quarterback like this. He wants to play on the sideline. He's got an uncanny ability to stay in bounds. He's got an uncanny ability to stay on balance. And he's got an uncanny ability to throw the ball accurately from virtually any platform. Now, having said that, you don't want to let him out of the pocket under any circumstances. And you do not want to spill him. Conventional football logic says use the sideline as your friend. So you keep your outside arm free as a defender and you spill 
the, the ball carrier or the quarterback, as the case may be, to the sideline. And now you got a chance to force him out of bounds. Uh-uh, not with this guy. No, you want to keep him in the pocket. Do not let him out. Play old-fashioned box defense. Don't go to his level. Stay one yard in front of his drop level. As he retreats and as he moves, stay one yard in front of him. Keep him on your inside shoulder, not on your outside shoulder. Don't let him cross your face under any circumstances. And then everybody needs to, everybody needs to create a picket fence around him. And then he becomes a different quarterback altogether because it's much more difficult for him to see down the field. He has to, he has to throw the ball with a higher arc because I guess he's legitimately 5'10". That may even be a reach for all I know, but he's certainly no, no taller than that. And, 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 and he, he has not yet learned to throw the moon ball from the pocket, which Russ can do quite well. The, the comparison is Russ. I think he's certainly better on his feet than Russ. Not, not to take anything away from Russ. I think Russ is a great quarterback. This guy's special as a, as a, as a talent in, in almost every regard. But he's different, too, because he wants to play on the sideline. He wants to play in space. And so as a, as a defensive group, you, ha- you can't play conventional defense against them. And so that's what, makes, that's what makes them dangerous, plus a really, really quietly under the radar good defense. They just wouldn't want to see a divisional opponent, I think, in the first round. Probably not. No, probably not. Because, because they, you know, the divisional opponents. They're going to know it. Defense. Yeah. yeah. They do, they're going to do what you just said. Yeah. The thing, the problem that he causes is that, and I'll, I'll refer to our sainted, God rest his soul, great defensive line coach in Indianapolis, John Tierlink, maybe one of the great pass rush specialists of all time. Um, they don't want to rush down the middle of a blocker. If you went down the middle of a blocker, John Tierlink would have a conniption fit. He, they, they want the rushers to take a side. And force the force the blocker to come to them, force the blocker to commit himself, force the blocker to 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 put himself in a position where you can turn the corner on him quickly, make a move and turn the corner on him quick, quickly, and accelerate to the passer. And you're looking always to accelerate to the level of the passer, not a yard in front of him. You want to you want to be able to get him in the ear hole, uh, and 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 so. To defense, and I've seen a couple of teams do it well, including, believe it or not, the Raiders in the preseason. What you want to do here is use the old Parcells theory. Go down the middle of the blocker. Put the push the blocker back into the quarterback's feet. Don't try to sack him. Try to disrupt him. And in this case, try to build a wall around him so you keep him in the pocket. And that may mean using the old Rex Ryan tactic of rushing five. Yeah. Whether it be five down or sending a fifth rusher to, to be disruptive, but not try to sack. Him. So to tell a defensive lineman and a defensive line coach, you are not to sack the quarterback is to say to them, 
you need to go out right now and join the Communist Party. It goes against their their grain entirely. Yeah. So he represents a challenge that's that's pretty unique, and and you know that's why I got an asterisk next to them, especially if they're at home. Although their record at home isn't isn't great, uh, interestingly enough. Say goodbye to dull gifts. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the brightest gifts of the year. Using cutting-edge technologies and innovative techniques, they've cracked the science of sparkle, creating the highest quality lab-grown diamonds you can find at a light price, $800 per carat. They have the same chemical makeup of natural diamonds but are grown in a lab. Because of their process, they can create stones in blush pink and beautiful blue as well as classic white. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the gift you'll never want to take off. Price so they won't have to. They really do make any outfit sparkle. Visit lightboxjewelry.com today to add sparkle to your holiday shopping. That's lightboxjewelry.com. Lightbox diamonds, never a dull moment. So, Bill, I saw, now Rex Ryan was talking about uh, the problems that Lamar has, Lamar has had this year because of them doing exactly what you said. He felt that there was an easy fix for that. And he said, you should just bring in an extra offensive lineman and bought, you know, and get him what he needed, sure up the protection. And then you're sort of back in stasis. What do you think about that relative to playing the Cardinals? Well, you know, it, that's one way to do it. That's one way to affect it. If they're rushing five, then bring in the extra lineman. And that gives you an extra guy to double team and create a running lane. In Lamar's case, Baltimore would be looking to create a run lane for him. In in, uh, in Arizona's case, I think it, it really doesn't matter a whole hell of a lot. Um, I think I think in the end, Kyler wants to be outside the pocket, so you just create a uh, an extra lane for him to get outside the pocket. But the um, the fact of the matter is that in both cases, you don't want them in space. So I don't care how many linemen they got in there. If they're bringing in an extra lineman, it means that a receiver's coming out. So that helps. And and secondly, uh, you're extending the box with an extra lineman, which as a defender, I'm or a defensive coach. I'm saying that's good. That's good. Builds a builds a wider fence for me. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you got mm-hmm. the 350 pound fullback on one side, and the sixth offensive lineman on the other side, I'm good because yeah. as long as I don't give Lamar a running lane inside that fence, which I can't do, I have to go right through the blockers. I cannot create because he's he he and Kyler doesn't run a whole heck of a lot up the middle. Um, Lamar does. Lamar, I think instinctively sees daylight and when he sees daylight he goes yeah yeah and there's no stopping because his acceleration is usain bolt like you know he's gone boom so you don't want to create daylight Mm -hmm. that's that's the key do not create daylight that's much easier said than done much easier said than done and then and then the other thing i think is uh, in, in the case of the Cardinals, especially with the height, you know, these guys, when they're trying to push up the middle, 
They're not trying to sack them. They're stopping and they're raising their hands. Oh, absolutely. That's that. Yeah. That, that really gives them problems. That gives them big problems. Yeah. That's exactly right. And you, 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 you're not trying to get there. The Parcells theory, um, as, as explained to me years ago, is we are not interested in sacking the quarterback. We're interested in disrupting his timing making him uncomfortable in the pocket. If we sack him so much, the better, but we are not looking to sack him. I don't want anybody but Lawrence Taylor running free to try and knock him down. Everybody else is trying to make him uncomfortable, make him move his feet, get him off his, his, uh, his spot, disrupt his timing. And, and in the case of Kyler Murray, make sure that you build a picket fence that's as high as possible for him to throw over. Because as you saw the other night, uh, when he tried to feather the, uh, the the throw over the 6'3 linebacker, uh, it got picked. Didn't go well. Didn't go well, no. So he presents a, a, a real problem that requires Parcells slash, uh, uh, you know, uh, Ryan old school defense to, 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 to deal with. And it's not the interesting thing about their offense is it's not the fact that the field is spread. That's the issue. That certainly helps their receivers. And it certainly helps because you got to play zone a lot of the time. You can't turn your back on this guy. Cause if you turn your back and he gets loose, it's a touchdown. Yeah. So, that helps the passing game. It helps the execution of the passing game. But the passing game starts with the passer. And so you got to figure out a way to disrupt him. And there is a way. But the thing that is so unique about him is that he loves the sideline. He wants to be over there. And, and that's against conventional football wisdom. Um, so asterisk, you know, let's see who they draw. Yeah, uh, this is going to come down a lot to matchups. Yeah, and oh, by the way, Green Bay already has the tiebreaker on. Right. And and their number one receiver is going to be out for the remainder of the season. Whether he'll be out for the playoffs or not remains to be seen. Um, okay, we, we now turn our attention to the bottom feeders. Yeah. Um, the Giants at four and nine. I, I did this reg- almost regardless of record. Uh, because I don't think, with the exception of Seattle, there's anybody that really could could get hot and make any noise. Um, Giants at four and nine, uh, plus two, pretty amazingly, um, two thirty-two points four, um, uh, uh, three ten points against minus seventy-eight. So you know the, the kind of myth myth that. Uh, the defense is is playing great. Yeah, not so great. Yeah, yeah. And 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 the offense is obviously not doing much at all. But that's because their quarterback is hurt, and all of the receivers that they invested in really have not been on the field for any any length of time. So this is a, if not a rebuild, there's a long way to go for for this franchise. The Bears are four and nine with a minus nine plus or minus 
largely because they're playing with a rookie quarterback. 231, so they're not scoring any points. 332, which is surprising because this was a good defense. It's no longer a good defense. Minus. And minus 101. Yeah. Which is, you know, ooh. Yikes. Yikes. Yes. Panthers, five and eight, minus eight, 257, which is not good. 282, which is really good. And minus 25. So you say, well, gee, that defense is really good. And these numbers might tell you that they have a chance. And they do and would if they have a quarterback. Yeah. But they don't have a quarterback. So, you know, can Cam get hot for four games and get them to nine and eight? I doubt. If they had a certain running back. Yeah, well, he's gone. That's right. He, that's what I'm he, saying. He's gone. So He's not there. Right. Chuba played okay. Chuba played okay. Chuba's a good two. Yeah. But he's not CMC. No. no, no but, not. I mean, with that defense, I, to your point, if they had legitimate quarterback play, they might be the best of the pretenders. Yeah. They very well might. They very well might. Yeah. And Matt Rule's probably thinking, you can get – $15 million a year, three years from now at Texas A&M. What am I doing in the NFL? <laughs> Where is Jimbo going? Oh, he'll probably go. He'll probably replace Nick at Alabama in the, in the, in the deck chair shuffling that will happen in college football three to four years from now. Oh, um, we'll be at 15 to 20 a year. So uh, Nick is just retiring at that point. Probably after he wins his like 18th national title. Although, okay, no scenario he laid out. Cincinnati's a live, live dog on the 31st. They're interesting. They're interesting. We're going to find out if the Cincinnati quarterback's for real. It would say a lot. Because, Bill, I mean, obviously, I'm a huge draft Nick, but like, have what do you think about Ritter? Because, I mean, some some people think he's the best quarterback in this draft. Some people think maybe he's a second or third or fourth round pick. Do you have any any early evaluation? I do not have any early evaluation. I like the second half he played against Notre Dame. Uh, I like his ability to run with the ball. I think he throws it okay, maybe better than okay. This is the acid test. This is the acid test. Yeah, when he steps. Mm-hmm. It's going to be so much fun. He doesn't have to win, by the way. No. He just has to play really good football and against a really good team. So he's stepping up in class. You know, he's coming up. He he had a, a 20 win season, a 25 win season in triple A. Right. Now we're gonna see. I was gonna say yeah, this is the the unknown the, the, the unknown pony stepping up into the triple into the Kentucky dirt. Much like Alabama you don't know what Alabama team you're gonna get this year. In any universe, you don't know if you're going to get the Auburn team. You don't know if you're going to get the Georgia team. You don't know which Alabama you're getting this year. What you're going to get, however, is a really good defense. That's what you're going to get. Yeah. And you're going to get a defensive game plan honed in on what they can do. And they're going to take away the big receiver. Uh, they're going to they're going to stop the run and they're going to put the ball in his hands, I think. 
and 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 you know, let's see what happens. As I say, he doesn't have to win; he just has to prove that he can acquit himself well in, in, in those games. Just as Alabama's quarterback last year proved that the hotter it got, the better he played. Right. That was the deal. You know, I, I talked to people, very, very knowledgeable people, who said to me in September, you know what? He's a he's a great, great backup in the NFL. He's Frank Reich. You know, you want you win championships with Jones as your backup quarterback, but I don't know if he can take you all the way. And then in December, they were saying to me, hold it. This guy's pretty special. Yeah. <laughs> and now they're going, is he going to win a Super Bowl? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and, and some of us liked him from the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Amen. Amen. There's two guys on this call. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. There's one outlier. Right. Okay. So now let's turn to the team that I think, and what the hell do I know? Well, let's get to the Lions first. One eleven and one. Uh, minus four, which to their credit is good. To Goff's credit is good. I mean, they're doing some good things. I got to, I got to kudos to the head coach. They play hard. They do. They, they, they play really, really do. hard. They really do. They don't give the ball away. Um, they, they, you know, they're, they're terrible personnel wise. Yeah. But, but they're doing the best with what they've got. They're exactly they they are playing to the limit of their capability for sure. Points for two thirteen, and by the way, Goss QBR is as we'll see next week is is arrestingly awful. I shouldn't I, I shouldn't tease the show and give away the the most important deal or the, the most arresting for, uh, uh, figure. But I, when you look at it, you say what? Holy Jared Goff? No. Yes, <laughs> but he doesn't have any receivers. Uh, he can't throw the ball down the field because nobody can get open. And an offensive line that performed exceptionally well under Jim Caldwell has now disappeared into the mist. And so Jared Goff's numbers are god-awful. I mean, you would never think that a guy with his talent would be there. So the question is, does he? do they keep him? Or, or does does someone else try to resurrect it? And that's that's an, that's an off-season question. It's an interesting one. Um, points against on defense, three fifty-four. You know, defensive players are hard to come by in Detroit. Really doesn't, other than the the two kids from Notre Dame, uh, doesn't really have anybody that that can change games, and, and they're both hurt, as I understand it. Um, and and they're and Enzaloni plays hard. Anzalone plays hard. Yeah. Anzalone plays really hard. And he's played a full season. He's played yeah. a full season, which is the first time that's ever happened. Right. But their differential is 144. So, right. I mean, whoa. There you go. <laughs> so, of the group that's down here at the bottom, which team has a chance to pull off a miracle and sneak in, perhaps at 9 and 8? I would say the Seattle Seahawks. Yep. Here we go. Because, because they're plus three. They're 272 for points scored. 262 
for points against, which is not this perception. The perception is that this is no longer the Legion of Boom. But that's not the, this is a pretty good defense, believe it or not. And their differential is plus 10. Wow, which is. So compared to Minnesota, who's plus 11, Philadelphia, who's plus 46, New Orleans, who's plus 19, the 49ers, who are plus 28, they're, they're not they're not out of that neighborhood, if you will. Uh-uh. And they have the redoubtable Russell Wilson. Yes. Who can do miracle. Would not want to see him in the playoffs. Yeah. I think you're absolutely right, Bill. That's I, I don't think that one that, that that one's not even close among those teams. I mean that's no, it isn't. No, no, they they they're clearly the outlier. Hey, Bill, is Bobby Wagner playing himself into being one of the greatest middle linebackers ever to play the game? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. There's no question about it. He, he, Bobby Wagner is, is an incredible inside linebacker with speed and, and activity and instincts. And, you know, he's, he's Luke Keekley, who's played a long time. You know, they're the, they're the same guy, really. And, and Bobby's stayed healthy and, 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 and play at a high level for a long time. And maybe, uh, you know, it'd be interesting if someone other than the people who are trying to sell T-shirts and sponsorships and so forth actually used, uh, you know, the, the measurements to determine force, uh, he might he might have packed more punch than, than Luke, you know, as measured by, uh, you know, some mechanical device. So, uh uh, but we're trying to editorial comment. We're, we're trying to make miles per hour the standard for the National Football League instead of the 40 yard dash. And I will fight that to my grave and beyond, hopefully. To the end of time. <laughs> it makes absolutely no sense. It makes absolutely no sense at all, <laughs> except to those that are selling sponsorships. Um, so, you know, who's who's the. The, 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 the most important question here is of the pretenders, 49ers, Philadelphia, Minnesota, Seattle, who gets in? One of those, uh, two of those will get in. I think the 49ers get in. I think it's that last spot that's going to be wild. Well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. If the 49ers get in, Jimmy G's stock will rise in the offseason, that's for sure. And you don't know what, I mean, because you got to think, what what do you think, Jimmy G, let's say they go to the playoffs, maybe they win a game. What, what, where, what is the sort of, what is the value in Jimmy G next year, you think? Well, first of all, as we've learned from the draft, I have to keep doing this, but I can't think of another, another example. Mitchell Trubisky, second pick in the draft. Yeah. Quarterback inflation would make the Fed lose its mind. I mean, it's just quarterback inflation in the draft, in the open, in the open free agent market is off the charts. So 
you have to presume, if you presume, and I don't, if you presume that Russ is out there, and I don't, by the way, but everybody else does, if you presume that Aaron Rodgers is out there, which everyone, including me, does, um, then who's next? And in theoretically not the most enticing quarterback draft, you got to think Garoppolo and Goff become pretty exciting. Yes. And everybody I talk to says when I say Goff, they go, eh, you know, because they're looking at the same numbers that I'm looking at, which, which are, you know, it, almost unbelievable for a guy who was a high, you know, one uh, first round draft choice. Um, but that makes Jimmy G the next guy. So Jimmy G is going to be the poster boy, I believe, for quarterback inflation. Mm-hmm. Now, time. is he going to be worth what he gets? I, I kind of doubt it because even if you like Jimmy G, and I do greatly, what are you buying? I think you're buying a 12 to 14 game quarterback. Right. In a 17 game season. At best. Yeah. At best. So that's, that's a problem. But if you're a team that does not have a quarterback and you got lots of other things. Yeah. Lots of other good things, like your favorite team, Scott. I, this is my fear factor. <laughs> <laughs> my, my, I've got two. I got two fiery scenarios. One I kind of like better than the other. But you look at it and you go, a lot of cap space, weak quarterback draft, drafting somewhere in no man's land. That that backup quarterback in Buffalo is starting to look like an option to be here with number four. Well, that's also a consideration. That's also a consideration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but you know, you you want to stand pat, right, Scott? I think they're going to run it back. I mean, I, to me, I I would not draft a quarterback early in this draft. I mean, obviously, what do I know? But just in watching an unbelievable amount of college football, there's just not a quarterback that you know I would be super interested in drafting in the first round. Taylor's sufficient enough to potentially get to the playoffs next year with added pieces, maybe you add Trubisky to the mix, and you run it back next year, and you see what happens uh, after next year. If we're, if we're long-range planning, that's what I would probably so do. So we, we won't kill next week's show, but you're but you're comfortable with him as your starter next year, fair, and that's fair to say, and I think it's... I think in looking at the options, would I rather have four than Jimmy G or Trubisky? Probably, yeah. Yeah, I'm not so sure I'd go there, but uh, that's for next week's show. <laughs> that's why you're the that's why you're the Hall of Famer <laughs> and the high market health care. And by the way, I, I think I think you know, and we we do have the bowl games to go, but I think that uh, that Pickett, uh, of course, as you say, they're drafting in no man's land, so uh, or likely to draft in no man's land. I think that Pickett. Uh, is a guy I'm, I'm, I'm really interested in. And for reasons, I don't want to make this guy anywhere near Kyler Murray because he's not. We're going down to Liberty, right? And in fact, well, two guys, yeah. And in fact, they, they, they might be, this guy, the first guy might be closer to, to Trubisky 
than anybody else as a collegian, although he's played a hell of a lot more. And that's his fellow, fellow Tar Heel, Sam Howell. Um, if you drafted Sam Howell as a running back, I'm happy as hell. I don't know that he can be a quarterback, but now we have different styles of quarterbacks in the NFL. So you got to think about. And then, of course, the Liberty guy, who we don't know anything about, and we'll talk about after the senior bowl. So, you know, when we see him step up in in, in class and, and, and see what he can do against top-notch players. I bet you that old Miss tape this year, because you're going to be watching that game a lot, probably is scary for Malik. Yeah, yeah. And also, if Kyler Murray can make it, and he has, obviously, what about Corral? Corral's his special talent. Yeah. Now, he's a little guy. How little remains to be seen? <laughs> you know, <laughs> to the combine. I, I almost never went to the height, weights, and speeds or watched it on te- I watched it on television. I almost never went there. I was doing other work. And <laughs> but this time I'm going to watch. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be interesting. You're going to have between Corral and Malik and certain guys, you're going to go, okay, this is where maybe if Desmond Ritter, Desmond Ritter could play his way into being the top quarterback in this draft with a good game against Alabama. Well, you just took the, took the words right out of my mouth. If, if, he, if he plays the way his supporters uh, claim he can, then, then, you know, now we got a different, I think we have a different picture. But I don't think the picture is as bleak at quarterback as if you're willing to take a chance and play with an outside-the-box player, which Kyler Murray clearly is and which Lamar clearly is, although those two are polar. I mean, they're polar opposites, really, in many respects. Uh, I've heard people try to lump them together. No, absolutely not. They're polar opposites. Uh, or close to it, but but what but what they do both have in common, Bill, is what you're saying before, is the evolution of the quarterback position, where things are changing. I don't know if it's evolution. <laughs> it, may, it, it may be changed. <laughs> to steal the line from uh, Yellowstone this week, Justin Herbert is the wall that progress runs into. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly, Justin Herbert is that wall. <laughs> if we've learned anything from Bill. If there's a certain type of guy I'm looking for now, and I don't see him. Hey, I'll give you two names, Justin Herbert and Mac Jones. Case closed, baby. Hey, listen. There's a certain type from Kerry Collins to Jim Kelly to Peyton to Herbert. that I That's what I want. You're right. I mean, you still have room for Kevin Costner. <laughs> you do. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, since we've teased the living daylight out of next week's show, it's probably time to sign off before we do next week. Next week's show. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's why Kenny Pickett at 63220 might be the fringy guy, but I don't know. All right, gang. Well, we've teased it enough. We've got a we got a Christmas present for you under the tree. We're gonna dive into quarterbacks next week, guys. Thank you for doing this today. All right. It was fun. See you soon, folks. See you guys. Good day.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.